Made to be Broken, Episode 9. You're listening to Made to be Broken, where we explore the human side of law school and the law. And I'm your host, Andrew Ligon-Fant. Our guests today are Caleb Grant and Aaron Court. Caleb and Aaron are both first-year law students at the University of Georgia School of Law. This past fall, they started Fabrica Legis, a student organization focused on writing legislation. Support them by going to the link in the description and getting involved, and send Caleb an email if you have any questions. If you're a UGA law student, watch for an email from Fabrica Legis and go check out their first meeting, which will probably be this coming week. It'll cost you nothing and you might learn something. If you enjoy this show, review it on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Spotify, or do whatever it is the other platforms let you do. If you have any comments or questions, you can send us a voicemail by clicking the anchor link in the description below, or you can send us an email at mtbbpodcast at gmail.com. Caleb Grant and Aaron Court, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Caleb, why don't you go ahead and just give us a brief intro. Tell us about yourself. Um, I am 1L, obviously. Um... I graduated with a degree in philosophy from the University of Colorado, Denver. Um, I studied chemical engineering at Georgia Tech and at CU Boulder for a couple of years and then uh, went to an ethics bowl competition and was impressed by philosophy and decided that's what I wanted to major in. Uh, And then I came out here to UGA Law just because my dad lives in Atlanta and I wanted to be closer to family uh, while I was in law school. Very cool. Aaron, how about you? Yeah, so uh, I'm a bit more homegrown than Caleb. So I, I'm from Lawrenceville, Georgia. Um, I went to UGA undergrad. I studied finance. Um, and then straight out of graduation, uh, came to UGA Law. Um, so spent almost my entire life in Georgia. Um, yeah, and I, I, I do plan on practicing in Georgia. Um, I pr- Preferably in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, that's, that's sort of my, my journey. Okay, and the two of you started a student organization here at UGA Law called Fabrica Legis or Legis. I will let you two adjudicate that. Uh, what is that all about, and um, what inspired you? To, what, what inspired you guys to start that? I'll take that one. Uh, so basically, I was at the student organization fair at the beginning of the semester, and we were, you know, going back and forth between all the different rooms and talking to all the people and. I noticed a couple of things. First, I noticed that uh, there wasn't really a space for student organizations that were focused on legislation. Um, there are a lot of organizations that focus on the judiciary, obviously. Um, you know, you get the Federalist Society or, or ACS or somebody, and, and they're all doing leg- uh, judicial things. And then, of course, you have uh, other organizations that are more focused on specific groups. So um, the Women's Law Student Association or, or something like that. And... I wanted a place that was a focused on the legislation and B that also didn't feel like it was a, a space that a particular identity group was reserving for itself. Um, because I still wanted to have interesting conversations about gender, about race, about politics, but not in a way that felt like I was intruding on a space that somebody else wanted to use for themselves. Um, so like, you know, the, the, the women's law student association was talking about how they do a, uh, when it's not a pandemic, they do like a, a golfing, 
event where they teach people how to golf so that they can go out with the with the senior partners and go golfing and kind of. I, have, I should probably go to that to be honest. Right, I was like, I don't know how to golf. So, <laughs> Neither know. do I. So I, I was like, okay, that sounds really cool, but I don't want to have to like, you know, go to that as somebody who doesn't identify as a woman and like intrude on that space that has kind of been reserved. But I still want to be able to talk about gender and I still want to be able to have those conversations. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll start my own student organization and then we can have those conversations, talk to people in interesting ways, kind of engage with the community a little bit about these difficult issues with the purpose of creating legislation, having a more concrete agenda um, where we want to kind of, you know, write some bills or talk to some legislators and things like that. So that it's not just having the conversation, but we also have that action piece as well. Okay. And how did you and Aaron get connected and Aaron, what was your, what was your role in this whole deal? Uh, yeah, sure. So Caleb actually just sort of put out a, a group me message in one of those big UGA law group me's. There's like 120 people. Um, and he mentioned, I'm starting like this student organization involved with legislation. Um, and I sent him a private message cause I thought it was really interesting. Um, my, sort of my background, the semester before I went for law school, um, I got involved with, um, two Athens, local Athens legislatures, legislators, uh, Houston Gaines and Marcus Wiedauer and, uh, interned for them during the 2020 session, uh, which for the first half was very normal and for the second half was very not normal. Um, so really interesting time to be in Atlanta. Um, but I sort of got that was sort of my first foray into the law and into legislation in particular. Um, so when Caleb sent that message, I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And um, I noticed a similar void in the um, student organization um, at UGA Law, but did not have the same sort of initiative, I guess, as Caleb to fill that void. So I'm glad he came along and uh, sort of took the lead on that. Uh, but I, I thought it was really interesting because the legislative process for me before I had my internship was something that I thought of was not particularly accessible to normal people. Um, and sort of my experiences sort of changed my perspective on that. There, there are definitely barriers to certain groups and there's barriers. And as far as, you know, having to have the right connections, but it, I think it is more accessible than people take for granted. So I, I wanted to get involved in this type of organization simply for that reason. And who should join this group exactly? Like, do you have a, uh, demographic you're thinking about, whether it's people who are interested in going to the legislature at a later date, or is there any particular thing that you have in mind or how do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, ideally as many people can join as, as want to, um, sure. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we welcome everybody. I think probably the people who will be most interested are people who either want to be in a legislature themselves or who want to work um, kind of legislature adjacent. So maybe writing policy for corporations, um, you know, writing policy for nonprofits, writing policy for whomever, uh, and then, you know, maybe acting as a legislative aide, uh, something like that. And then, you know, I think there is a, a lot of benefit to just understanding how the process works, uh, even if you're not going to necessarily be engaged in the actual action of writing a bill. Uh, knowing how that works and knowing how to kind of get those results is important. Um, but then, of course, like I was mentioning earlier, a, a big focus of ours is also on having these uh, kind of community dialogues. And so yeah. the ability, I think, to to listen and to engage and to understand those perspectives is also something that we're, we're tying into here um, with legislation, obviously, being our, our kind of our 
our desired outcome, but somebody who's interested in having these hard conversations in a space that's specifically reserved for that, I think could benefit from this just as much as anybody else. Yeah. And I think to further that point, I think that idea of like having community dialogues is really important because when we put like we, when we represent ourselves as a group from UGA law, we are representing like ideals from our community. So having more community input and diverse community input will make it more representative of like, Oh yeah, we're from UGA law. We talk about this with our fellow students. These are our ideas that we have for, you know, improving the law. So to be clear, does, does your organization, is there a particular political agenda or is it very, is it neutral? Um, are there, are there political ideologies that should or should not uh, really consider joining or what, what is the, um, what's the deal there? I, definitely it's a progressive organization. We want to write the legislation and, and, and make changes. Um, but it's not necessarily, you know, progressive in the sense of, oh, we're, you know, these, these progressive Democrats or something. Um, you know, we, we welcome everybody who wants to make a change. Uh, and, you know, obviously there's, there's going to be a little bit of a difficulty for somebody who's saying, you know, I want things to stay the same and I don't want any new bills passed or anything like that because obviously our goal is to pass or at least write new bills. Um, but I think certainly there's room for everybody on every sort of political ideology out there. Um, maybe with the exception of Nazis, I think those, <laughs> if you're a Nazi, I would say probably don't, don't join our group. Dear Claire. Um, yeah. yeah. I haven't met any UGA. Law I, I yet, haven't either. So. I'm not, I'm not really no, worried no. about that, but <laughs> so that, that to me, I think is something that is actually, um, it's, it's, it's explicit in our constitution where we say we, we welcome everybody. Um, okay. We want conservative voices. We want liberal voices. We want um, traditional voices. We want religious voices. We want atheist voices. Like everybody needs to have an input in in the process of creating the rules that govern our society, because um, everyone's going to be subject to those rules. This is also sort of a conversation me and Caleb have had a lot about how the organization should be structured and organized, because it, it becomes a question of advocating as a group for certain ideas. Versus, you know, empowering individuals to, you know, strive and try to implement their own ideas about how the world should be and sort of serving as a structure to either advocate as a group for those things or be sort of a sounding board for individuals to come with their ideas and improve them and then, you know, help them to, you know, advance those ideas in sort of a legislative form. Um, and that's, those are two sort of two sort of dueling structures that we've talked about. And I think both have a lot of merit and they both have, you know, certain limitations, but I, I think that that's something that we're still open to, you know, altering or sort of designing around, you know, the members that come and what their thoughts and what their needs are. How does it work mechanically introducing new legislation? Do you, Fine, or and I'm not sure if you're at this point yet, but uh, you you might have an idea. Do you find a lawmaker who's willing to uh, sponsor a bill? Do you work with a lawmaker? Do you you know is it completely independent? Then you shop around to you know local and state legislatures or federal. Um, how does that work exactly, or not exactly? But how does that work approximately? Do you right. know? Um, I 
our initial idea was just that we would do kind of what you suggested and, and kind of create something independently and then find a, a legislator to, to kind of introduce the bill. Um, but certainly we're open to kind of working directly with legislators. Um, and we discussed also kind of trying to work with other advocacy groups. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, the, the Black Law Students Association, I know in particular, has certain policy goals that they advocate for um, and they're activists in that space. Um, and so it could be really cool to collaborate with them and say, Hey, you know, you guys want to make this change. Like, let's see if we can, you know, co-write a bill on this or, you know, um, maybe give some input to a legislator who's already introduced a bill on this. Um, so it's kind of, we're pretty flexible about how that process goes exactly. And a lot of it will depend on what exactly we, we decide to tackle. If it's something that there really isn't anything out there, we'll probably be the ones to write it for the first time. If it's something that is a hot button issue and there's a lot of legislation already, we might just be able to add another couple of voices to the to the discussion and say, hey, maybe change this a little bit, maybe tweak this. So, yeah, I, I think at the it, and I think it'll also depend on sort of what level of government you are speaking to. So at, at the state level, you know, you have a 40 day session and it's already started. And, you know, any bill that has any hopes of passing both houses has to be through at least one chamber by the 28th day of session. So that's a pretty short timetable. And I think we're fairly realistic about wanting to take, you know, this year to advocate and try and push policy, but also to be learning the process ourselves and getting familiar with it, getting our members familiar with it. Um, And then also taking advantage of, you know, our very receptive and really great local uh, delegation of the Athens city commissioners. Um, there's a, there's like Caleb mentioned, we, you know, interested in working with advocacy groups. Athens for everyone is a very involved, um, local advocacy group here in Athens that uh, does a lot of policy work, not only at state level, but also at the local level. And, you know, from the interactions I've had with city commission members, they're very receptive to, you know, community needs and community dialogue. So I think learning to dialogue with people who are in legislative bodies is as important as trying to get any single bill in front of a committee. What exactly was the process of starting a student group like? Was it difficult? Did you have people help you? Um, you know, you said you have a constitution. Did you have a model to go off of uh, from another school? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, obviously the first step was kind of coming up with the idea and recognizing that we wanted to kind of work in this space. Um, and then I, I did a lot of the grunt work. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of um, looked at some of the other constitutions of other student organizations here at UGA, uh, SBA's constitution, just a couple of other organizations and just kind of said, okay, what do they have in there? What do we want to make sure to have in ours? Um, sat down one day and kind of just drafted the whole thing. Uh, and then as far as the, you know, administration and stuff, um, it was, it was pretty easy. There are a couple of videos you have to watch, a couple of quizzes you have to take. Um, there are a couple of people you have to talk to. I had to talk to Morgan Tickerhoof and she was really helpful and kind of saying, okay, here's what you need to do next. And here's how to set this up. Um, and they give a lot of resources for things, um, a lot of information on, you know, what UGA has to offer for student orgs. Uh, and then I reached out to people and I reached out to other students. You have to have, I think it's six, uh, students to start the student organization kind of officially. Okay. Uh, so I reached out on group me and I reached out, um, 
to people that I knew and I said, hey, you know, if you're interested, come and join this. And fortunately, we were able to get enough people. And then, you know, I, I went to the people and who had kind of expressed an interest and I said, here's my idea for a constitution. Here's my idea for the organization. I gathered some feedback and then, and then once I'd gotten that feedback, I made the constitution official and submitted all the paperwork and we were good to go. So it was actually, it was a pretty quick process. Um, we got it done in, in only, I don't remember if it was like a month or two months or something, but it was, it was pretty fast just right at the beginning of the semester there. And then, uh. Now we're just trying to figure out next steps. Yeah, Caleb was definitely hustling because by the time I had messaged him back from a message he had sent over a weekend, he was like, oh, yeah, here's the whole Constitution. I was like, wow, okay, that's amazing. That's awesome. It's So it sounds like they make it pretty easy. Is there a, you know, do you have to retain a certain number of members? Um, do people... To get people as members, do they have to just sign a form, or did they have to? Do you have to pay dues? Mm -hmm. um, what is that? What's that like? Yeah, I, I mean, we can we can choose to have people pay dues, but we certainly aren't required to. Uh, and UGA has a little bit of funding set aside for us that we can use, um, so we don't need anybody to pay dues in order to have some money. Um, I don't know if if we're required to ret retain members. I assume. It's got to be at least six, and I know you have to re-up your your membership every year. So it could be that at the end, start of each new year, you have to have that m many members. Um, but yeah, it's just a form. It's just a, there's a UGA website, and you just click on you know add me to this membership list or something. It's, I think it's involvement, the involvement network or something like that. Hmm. Very so cool. Very cool. Um, Aaron, do you have anything else on that? Yeah, well, I, I have some a bit of background I can bring from some of my undergrad years running a couple student organizations. And what I would assume is, and I you may want to confirm this, Caleb. In fact, I, I would heartily recommend confirming it with somebody who knows more than I do. But um, the Constitution and registering a student organization usually lasts a year. And then they just ask you to re-register, which is a much simpler process, every August. Um, so as long as you're registered for the year, I don't think they're going to be come in and knocking on our door or, you know, Zoom meeting or whatever to check how many people are in attendance. But um, I, 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 I believe it is something that is just, you know, they check in every year and say, like, are people still doing this? Is it, you know, are you guys still an organization? What are the biggest obstacles that you've faced so far, if any? And um, also, as you look towards the future, what do you think will be the biggest obstacles both for uh, you just running a student group and also or a student organization as well as uh, specifically with your goal of basically I guess training people or working with people to write legislation what are the obstacles that you see and you know how, how did you overcome them how do you plan to overcome them I think our biggest obstacle is, is probably going to be just getting people to engage um, yeah I, it was really hard fall semester I mean getting you know, 1% of the student, even even of the 1L student body to respond to something is, is a nightmare. Um, and, you know, fair enough. I mean, it's fall semester. Yeah, people yeah. are figuring I mean, out. To be completely honest, I don't like, he says you sent out a, a message in the group me. I don't recall. There are so many messages in exactly. there. It's, yeah. I, I can see why it might be hard to get people to, they're also, like you said, like they're just crazy busy. So right. it's like, mm -hmm. uh, I can see why it might be hard to get 1Ls to respond Hopefully, mm -hmm. as you are a 2L than a 3L, maybe you'll have more street cred also. Right. Because um, I bet it's hard to get 
upperclassmen to join? Is that is that fair? I don't or, know that we have use any that term, upperclassmen. No. What is it? Yeah, I think... you know what I mean. Two L's and three L's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone from the two L or three L classes has joined. Uh, Shame if you're listening to this, join the group. Shame on you. Exactly. Um, well, and I think one problem has been sort of like modes of communication, like. A lot of the group, any group that I am in is pretty exclusively 1Ls. And without being on campus, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, that 2L I know, other than like, right. you know, a couple of one-off, you know, mentors that I've been paired with or something like that. Yeah, we did finally get access to the to the listserv. So we can send out emails to the whole student body. Um, and I imagine that as we kind of age into the 2L and 3L, that that'll be a little bit easier to get people to mm -hmm to buy in yeah you might you, you could probably leave your class year off your signature block right i don't remember if you have it on there or not <laughs> uh when you send that email i i just imagine and i imagine when you know when we're two l's and three l's we'll see it uh the other way but i imagine it's it's hard to as a one l i don't care how old you are i don't care what your experiences are uh, it's probably hard to get three l's to pay any attention right. to a student well, org and they're busy looking for jobs but this, oh yeah this is a long-term project i yeah. assume so you're you know by the time you graduate hopefully this will have blossomed into something very interesting right well and and you know if if we're gonna go you know moonshot theories here which is a podcast i think that's what you're sure. supposed to do on podcasts i think so <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all, all ten of our listeners might uh, get right. inspired. Might no, I'm just crazy. kidding. We have more than that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the idea that just you know we've got things like the Federalist Society or like ACS that are these big nationwide organizations about the judiciary, it would be kind of cool to have a big nationwide organization at law schools that's about the legislature, you know, and kind of having that sort of similar idea just spread to more schools. I think. Yeah, I, I don't see why not. I mean, and for people who aren't familiar ACS and FedSoc. Not everybody that listens to this is law students, although a lot of them are. Uh, FedSoc is like a uh, organization that advocates for originalism in terms of uh, interpreting the Constitution. ACS is a living document. Uh, a, a bit. So FedSoc tends to be the right side of the political spectrum. ACS tends to be the left side, but they're both focused yeah. on the judiciary. And they bring in judges and law professors for debates and things like that. So if you don't know what those are, um, I don't see why, you know, you shouldn't have an equivalent of that for legislature. Right. Um, and even, I mean, yeah. even something like regulation in the executive, right? I mean, they're, they're so sure. closely linked um, and, and I could really see some potential there. So it is definitely a longer term goal. Yeah. And of course, longer term for us as well, because this is kind of a career building move as well. It's not just, mm -hmm. you know, we're interested in this. It's oh, I'd like to meet some people and figure out what I want to do. So. And I think that's another great selling point for the organization. If I can just sort of shamelessly throw that out there is, you know, it's during COVID has been a tough time to meet other law students, especially law students with similar interests. So if this is anything that you were even slightly interested in, I think it's a great opportunity to, because that's, I mean, I think is a large part of law school that maybe we're missing and hopefully we'll be able to get back soon is, you know, building relationships that you will take into a professional career and that you'll keep forever. And that's a big part of law school, you know? So. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think one, one of the big things that's been missing and it's due to, you know, no fault of anybody in particular, it's just kind of a feature of the system in, in COVID is that community is hard to find. Mm. Um, and without that community, 
like Caleb said, there's not like that 2L you know. There's not that 3L you know, unless you happen to be in um, some sort of student, student organizations, whether that's, you know, a, um, ooh, what are they called? Um, not affinity groups, isn't that it? Affinity? I don't know, whatever it is. So like identity-based, there, there are plenty of identity-based groups, whether it's Black Law Students Association, Women's Law Student Association, I think it's called um, various ethnicity or orientation type groups, but really getting involved in those student organizations can be helpful. I have the benefit of being in like the veterans group. So I kind of do have um, people I know who are, you know, uh, just graduated three L's, two L's. Um, and th that's really important. So if you're not in some sort of student org and you're just like floating through law school, I, it's going to be a much tougher road. So definitely get in there and, and find some people to connect with. Um, what advice would you guys give to someone who wants to start their own student org? Um, how, well, let me, let me see. I think I'll just leave the question at that. What advice would you give if somebody was, somebody's starting to think about, hey, I'm interested in this specific, let's say, executive regulation or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give? Uh, don't compete with us. Uh, okay. <laughs> He will crush you. Yeah, exactly. No, um, I, I mean, I would really say just go for it. You know, I think, I think there's there's no downside, and even just being able to put that on a resume, I think is is really important. Um, you know, I, I also think that it's it's not as scary as it sounds, uh, and it's there's not nearly as much pressure as there seems like there will be. Um, you know, people are at least kind of from my experience, I'm the one who started it and people are pretty willing to just kind of to let me take the lead and, and kind of work at the pace that I'm comfortable with. Um, and I haven't felt any kind of, um, any sort of negative energy at all from anybody around the process, um, which has been really nice. Uh, and then, yeah, like I, the other thing I would say is just, there's definitely something out there that we're missing. We only have, you know, I mean, we have a decent number of student organizations, but it's a limited number and there are definitely issues that, we don't talk about, we don't discuss, we don't have space for on campus. Uh, and if somebody feels like, you know, I thought, okay, I'm going to the legislation, that seems pretty obvious, but it wasn't there, you know? And so if there's something that you feel is pretty obvious that you wanna be creating, you wanna be doing, you want a space that you wanna be part of, odds are other people think that it's, that it's obvious too, and they just haven't had the, the gumption to go for it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with all of that. And, and like I said, Caleb was probably, not probably, he was the sort of the path maker for this organization. Um, so my first piece of advice would be do exactly what Caleb did. Uh, but probably second piece would be to, you know, find a group of people with similar interest that can share the work with you. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of things and a lot of different responsibilities to have getting an organization started and there's, you know, get, get generating member interest. And then there's, you know, dealing with the administration and there's a lot of other things that go into that. And then moving beyond just getting registered is actually getting things done is a whole other ball game. So I think sharing that work with people is, you know, really important thing to have. And Caleb has done a great job of delegating to us and being really open to our ideas. Um, so I think that's another really important thing is be open to other people's ideas because, um, not everybody has all the great ideas ever, shocking as it may be. Yeah, and I would just also add to that, like, 
you don't really need that many people to get the work done. You know, if you can find one or two other people, like, I mean, Aaron's been a lifesaver, right? Like that when I haven't felt like doing something, when it's been really hard, um, when I've struggled and, and I'm just like, oh, this is too much, you know, and Aaron stepped up to the, to the plate. That's felt really helpful. Um, and you know, we're, we're law students, we're a hardworking bunch and there's somebody mm-hmm. out there who will do that work and, and who will get it done. And if you can, just make one partnership, then you can you can get whatever organization you, you want off the ground. Have you had any difficulty balancing your workload from just being in one all year and the, the novelty of the kind of work we do uh, with setting up this organization? Not really. Um, obviously, you know, I came to this from a philosophy background. We were reading the most dense texts you can imagine regularly. And so it wasn't terrible coming into the law school. Um, There's still a big adjustment, uh, a big learning curve. And, you know, during, during finals, I think we had a, we had a meeting uh, right before finals basically. And we said, okay, well, we're all going to be busy during finals and we don't really want to do anything too heavy over breaks. So let's just, you know, take it easy and, and we won't push ourselves too hard here. And I think that's been really nice, right? We've been able to kind of work with our members and talk to people and say, you know, how are you feeling? How hard do you want to push this? How much do you want to do? Um, and, and maintaining that balance. Um, and then, you know, creating it was a challenge. It was a lot of work. Uh, unfortunately, I did it kind of at the beginning of the semester when I did have a little bit more free time. I wasn't worried about outlining or anything like that. Um, and I wasn't feeling the, the constant stress and pressure. Um, mm. So that wasn't terrible, but you know, it is another commitment and every commitment does add on to that. So there's, there's that reality underneath it all. Yeah. I think for me, the first semester was an interesting experience in balancing those two things. Um, so I, I was taking an active role as I felt I possibly could during the semester. Um, but then when the break came around, I really tried to sink my teeth into a few things and realized that people are tough to contact over break and, I realized that, okay, well, there's going to need to be a balance of, you know, engagement and also having the work done during the semester when people are sort of switched on. Um, we tried to get a panel together and we, we thought we had something, but um, I, I, I definitely had overreached and um, definitely missed the memo on taking it easy over the break because I was, I, I got a little like, eager, a little uh, head over the skis or however you say it. I'm not sure if I just made that up, but like uh, that, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Um, but I think it, it is a, a real struggle of finding balance where you're not pushing yourself too hard and you're also not letting the time slip you by. Cool. Well, do you guys have anything else? I think that's all the questions I had for you, but anything else you'd like to share? Anything else I'd like to share? Join our organization, you know? How do, how do people do that? Do you have any, you know, where do they need to go? Do you have social media? Do you have, how do they contact you? Um, I'm on all the group me's. Uh, so the, the 2023 group me and the section Z group me in particular. Um, and then we don't have any social media yet. Um, we'd, we'd like to set some up. We're kind of still in the process of building the organization. Sure. Um, but we will be sending out an email um, within the next couple of weeks for our first meeting for the spring semester. Um, and that'll go to the whole student body. So you'll definitely see that in your inbox, um, assuming that you're reading all your emails, which eh, 
Not everybody does. Um, but if you do read all your emails, you will see that. Um, and then you can always reach out to me directly. Um, and I think we can probably provide some contact info in the show notes or something. Yep. Um, I will. I'll throw that in the intro. Exactly. So, so maybe the outro. We'll see. One of those. So yeah, definitely reach out. Um, and, and we can get you kind of oriented to what we're doing and, and get your ideas and input. And, and like I said, you know, we'll have our first meeting in a couple of weeks here and anybody can come, even if you are just interested and don't think you'll join, you know, show up. Say your piece. We want to hear from you. Yeah, go to the meeting. All right. Well, hey, thanks for uh, coming on. I really enjoyed talking to you guys, and uh, I appreciate you answering my very elementary questions. But I think these are hopefully questions that maybe other people have as well. Um, I admittedly have not been involved in student organizations here very heavily. I'm a member of a couple of them, but it's just easy to not be very involved when everything's over zoom, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. hard to, it's hard to get excited about it. So I haven't been super involved. So I was kind of curious about what it took to set, set one up and what exactly you guys are going for. So hopefully this will be enlightening for people and I hope they enjoyed it, but I appreciate you guys coming on to talk. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much.